Birchus Torah Part 2. We'll do a sh- little shorter today. First of all, I just uh, uh, want to know that there's a theme continuing from yesterday's drasha. Where Salvechik asked the following question. We say every day a bracha of Shaloh Asanigai, that we say God didn't make us like the nations of the world. But in Birchus Torah, we seemingly repeat it. We say, Asher Bacha Rabbani Kolam, that God chose us. So the Rav asks, why make the same bracha twice? Different formulation. One God chose us, one God did not make us like the nations of the world. And Rosh explains, based off the similar uh, discussion we had yesterday, that there's two aspects to being a Jew. There's the fact, Shaloh HaSanigai, we're not like the nations of the world, and that is, everyone, is, any Jew is, invo- is making that bracha, meaning to say that you are someone who's part of the Jewish people as a whole, as we did yesterday, part of, part of the um, shame Yisrael. And then there's the Asher Bachar Banu, where the person who opts in to join the Mesorah community, and that's the Asher Bachar Banu Kolam, and that's the uh, Kedushas Yisrael. Um, interestingly, Rabbi Salvechi points out, and this I didn't want to get into it, it was a drasha, but there's actually, halakhically, there's a distinction. Because there are times when we say someone can, in a way, forfeit their rights to various, um, various rights as a Jew. I mean, this came up a little bit in the Smichas uh, Chaver, that if someone doesn't live a uh, life a certain way, a halachic life, they can perhaps, uh, they don't, we, don't, we, we can uh, not necessarily bury them in the same place in the cemetery. Or when it comes to certain areas of nemanis, uh, believing them, we don't, we don't believe them. We don't extend them certain courtesies. Yet at the same time, if the same person who we say, oh look, you're not considered a, our brother because you don't live within the uh, Masora community, if they were to go and Mikadesh a woman, they, they were to go and to, uh, to get, get engaged, to get married, it works. So why, how, how, how do you have both ends? It, it seems not fair. Either you are, or you're in the community, you're out of the community. Say you're out of the community for some things because you're not considered a chicha, a brother, but you're still in when it comes to marriage, divorce. So the Rebbe explains because the part of being part of the, you know, the covenantal community, if you will, the, uh, the part you opt in, that's the Asher Bachar Banum. But the part that you're not, a, you're not, that's more the shame Yisrael. It's interesting, I always wondered when Ravon or Navarin Lichtenstein, he seemed to imply though, he seemed to imply, again, it might have been more in this article. The article, by the way, the context of that article was, it's called Brother Daniel and the Limits of, of Jewish Fraternity. I think it was one of his first articles he wrote, Brother Daniel was a uh, monk who wanted to apply for the law of return. This is in, I guess, the 1960s or so, apply for the law of return and go make Aliyah based on the fact that Israel extends uh, the rights to live in Israel to any Jew. It was a big debate. Well, it's, at a certain point, have you gone so far, do you renounce your, uh, our shared brotherhood? You shouldn't. Here's a, a, a Franciscan monk of some sort. So it's seemingly, again, I don't know how far he would actually apply it, or this is more in the article itself. Rav Aaron seemed to imply at a certain point, if you renounce not just the Mesorah community, but you no longer see yourself as part of the Jewish community, then you um then maybe we, we wouldn't uh, say your kedushin work. I don't know if you'd go that far. So Ravarn addresses this. And it's funny when I brought us up, we thought, discussed this in a luncheon letter two years ago. You asked the same question. Um, Elliot's question is: We have a we have a gemara that says Yisrael Avi Shachat Yisrael Avi. A Jew, even though they sin, is always a Jew. Which, by the way, I want to note and I noted then as well. It's not possible that every everyone. It's not true. Everyone embraces that. Uh, Professor Fran Canafogel put out a book about two years ago um, where he makes an argument many of the Rishonim didn't necessarily embrace that. But that, we're going to put that aside because I think that's the way we pass it. Okay. But um, just one other note in that, just from la- yesterday's parsha, we introduced the Karim Pesach. Karim Pesach is the, um, the, this, this offering that if you fail to bring, there's, an iser, there's kares, you get, you, you get punished with kares. And the way we introduced the carbon was, what's a ben nechar? 
So then Nechar. So you would think it was a foreign. Some interpreted Rashi. What does Rashi say there? Rashi says Beinecher is someone who rejects uh, heaven. I don't exactly remember his exact language, but it's a heretic, meaning a, a Jew. So Michael Rosenzweig asks in a very in a number of pieces, in a long piece, he says, "What's his negative campaigning? We're introducing this positive mitzvah with his with who can join it." So he answers it in a very similar way that. The idea of the Karim Pesach is we just went through the shared experience, this crucible of suffering in Egypt. The Karim Pesach epitomizes that. Someone who says, I don't want to be part of that, it's not that we're saying you are being punished with curries being cut off from the Jewish people, but effectively what you're saying is, I don't want to be part of the people. You're opting out. And therefore you're giving yourself curries. You're saying, I'm not part of this. It's so essential to the carbon to talk about who's in, who's out, because really this carbon is it's the, uh, it's the, uh, it's the opening. It's the doorway for entering the Jewish people, similar to Mila. Bris Mila as well. Uh, someone fails to perform Mila, and there's some, well, someone performs, fails to have a Bris Mila, they also get curries, get cut off. It's not because we're punishing them as much as they're saying, I don't want to be part of this people. So again, I just, I just want to kind of round out the discussion Yes, from yesterday in the, in the drasha that we see how there are seemingly these two elements of opting in and also being part of the people, but there also is a limit where someone says, I don't see myself as part of the shared and joint suffering. If you want one more makar, which I didn't bring yesterday, just because I'm on a, a roll here, and that was uh, with Rus, with Rus as well. What does Rus say to, um, to Naomi when she, when, when, when she says, stay, uh, stay back, you don't have to come? What does she say, Valkore? Amech. Amech, Ami, Elokai. Correct. She says, your nation is my nation, your God is my God. So there Rabbi Salvatic says as well, we see the same thing. What she's saying is, I want to be part of the Ami, the nation, but also part of the covenantal community as well. The, but again, there's two elements to it, which is also why, and I, I briefly mentioned yesterday in the Drasha, that Rabbi Salvatic wanted to know why, out of all the things we discussed, and he's a, long, a longer essay, when it comes to a convert, we say to them, look, you want to join our people? Don't you realize the Holocaust, the Crusades, the price of tuition? Don't, don't join this community. And often it was interpreted as we're trying to say, like, kind of dissuade them a little bit. Do you really want this? Are you really sincere? Or Salvatic says, no, we're trying to say to them, realize you're not just joining this for more meaning in life. You're not just joining this because it brings happiness, whatever reason you're joining, but also you're joining a community, which means you come with all the vulnerabilities and all the suffering. This is your nation now. Okay, that was all as a, uh, 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 after, afterward for, for, yesterday's, um, for yesterday's drasha. Okay, we discussed last time we were discussing the, the bracha of birchas Torah. Is it a daraisa? Is it a darabanan? If you recall, we, what did we say? We said the Rambam fails to um, the Rambam doesn't count it, which we discussed this week in Shir. Another place where Rambam didn't count it. The Ramban counts it. Why didn't the Rambam count it? So there was, there was a perhaps because the Rambam thought part and parcel of learning Torah is making the bracha on Torah. The um, the Ramban said don't say that. We had some defenders. Okay. That was the last. Remember the defense? Said we, we pointed out the Ramban said, well, we don't. When it comes to matzah, we have is it is it, is it it's, it's two separate things. It comes to be kurim. It's two separate things. We know to be kurim again because you could bring be kurim without making the bracha. We noted that again just the zochazara. So I hope to bring it back a little bit to you when it comes to matzah. We, we're little says that anyone doesn't say these three things doesn't lo chavasa. We said, well, what is the chov? Is it, ha, is it ha, the Haggadah or is it the whole night? Okay, that was last time. Now let's move on. Good. Did I bring jog memories? Sound familiar? Okay. What is the nature of this bracha? 
let's assume it's Daraisa, or even if it's Darabanan, we, we know there are various types of brachas we make. Not actual brachas, but you know, if you were to categorize them. There are brachas we make before we eat food. That's a birch called the birchas hanenen. Nenen, meaning before you partake in this world, the Gemara says, Gemara wants to actually, where do you know this from? Before you partake in this world, one has to make a bracha. How do we know this, by the way? How do we know this? So the Gemara in, um, you can ask, where's Joshi? How do we know this? Do you get there in the Gemara yet? No, you will get there next Shabbos. Joshi's learning Kate's Mavarchim now, Lamed Hayam and Aleph. The Gemara first tries to learn out of a couple of psukim, going back and forth, this verse, that verse, this verse, that verse. The Gemara ultimately has a problem with the way we learn out of psukim, and finally it concludes, it concludes, colon, um, it concludes, Oslanas ben Olam bracha. One is not allowed to, um, to enjoy, partake from enjoyment in this world out of bracha. Why? Svaruhu. It's logical. I mean, it's logical. How can you partake from something and not, and not uh, make a bracha on it? Now, it seemingly ask God for permission. That's seemingly what it says. Again, it's a little contention there. Now, just take a step back because we're on the topic, and I also have to give Joshua a little heads up for next week. Svaruhu. What does that mean, svara? What does svara mean? Svara. What does the word svara mean? Logical. logical. Now I ask you, uh, put on your Talmudic hats over here. What does that mean? Okay, so it's logical, therefore it's commanded from the Torah? Does every time something is a svara, does that mean it's, it's daraisa? Does that mean it's darabanan? Like, what does that mean? Like, it's all nice, you could say it's logical, but we follow the Torah. The Torah you know, has lots of things. Some are logical, some are not logical. So just because it's logical, does that make it a Torah principle? No, the cor- correct. So let's, let's go down this route. If it's logical, you don't need to be commanded? Is that what you're saying? Right. Or are you saying it's logical, so you don't, you don't, meaning the Torah, the Torah didn't have to explicitly command it because it's obvious, and there, it's obvious that it's like implicit in the Torah. Yet the Torah commands it. What? Yet the Torah commands it. So what you seem to be saying is the fact that it's obvious, yet the Torah didn't command it. The way the keyword of aim is obvious, that the Torah does command it, implies that it's not in the Torah. It's not, it's not commanded from the Torah. No, I understand. But so that, your logic works, your logic here. It works so long as, meaning, if I understand what you're saying correctly, it's as follows. Honoring one's parents seem logical, yet the Torah goes ahead and commands it. That seems to imply the reason the Archa Shulchan says this, the reason we honor our parents is not because it's logical, but because the Torah says, do so. Good. Here I have something the Torah does not say, make the bracha, yet we're, the Gemara is saying it's logical. Yes? That is true. And brachos? So, it happens to be, it's a big debate, it's a big debate, is it the rice... So you can ask Charles. He last year, last year we did it. Last year we, uh, two years ago, we learned keep it up, aim. And I don't remember what I said, but maybe Charles does. <laughs> what did he say? All of that. All of that. Exactly. Yeah, we, we, that was actually, if you, I believe it's on the podcast. If you go, you can scroll down to Honoran's parents. I think I have Honoran. I might have Honoran's parents when they're abusive or when they're, but it's somewhere there. Oh, okay. The, um, so it happens to be it's a big debate. Is it the rice? Is it not the rice? Because in areas of Hosh and Mishpah, we do apply logic. There are times we do apply logic, but that's the, we're not going to get into that now. Okay. There is another type of, mitzvah, another type of brach we make when you perform a mitzvah, such as 
before you shake lulav, you make a bracha. Also came up in uh, last year. Did it not? No, came in spichas chaver. Okay. When you make it, when you do for a mitzvah, that's another bracha. Then there's brachas you make when you uh, when you see something a beautiful sight. Osim aspirations, birchas shavach, praising God. What would be the differences? The various differences between these things? Well, I'll tell you. Before you eat, well, when you eat a grape, when did you make the bracha? Before, because you're seemingly asking God for permission to eat the grape, right? Again, this is, I'm taking one side in all this. When you, when you uh, are going to Acadia National Park, right? Uh, what is it? What, what's the, um, Bangor, Maine. Acadia, no, not Bangor. Acadia National Park, it's on Bar, Bar, Bar Harbor. That's where it is. Bar Harbor. And you're about to see the beautiful uh, beach over there. When are you making the bracha on seeing this beautiful sight? Afterwards. Why? It's getting logical. If the bracha on food is about asking God for permission, so we don't apply the rule of better to ask for forgiveness than to ask for permission when it comes to God. If it's about enjoying something from this, if it's about enjoying or seeing a beautiful sight and, and saying, you know, masech Hashem, so clearly it comes afterwards. When it comes to birchas Torah, when do we make the bracha? Beforehand. Implying it's birchas ha... I would say ha-nenin, or we could argue... One can argue, I'm going to make this argument right now, I'm not going to go into it, that a birchas ha-mitzvah is the mitzvah equivalent to a birchas ha-nenin. Meaning to say, before I eat food, I make a birchas ha-nenin on enjoyment. Before I pour a mitzvah, I ask God for permission to do the mitzvah. Let's, we're going to go down that route now. Here's another thing, though. We do. Which seems to imply perhaps there are two... Yeah. Two separate brachas, or maybe even three. The... Um, the, the here's the problem. So let's assume now it's a birchas hamitzvah, right? Birchas hamitzvah. Now, when it comes to shaking the lulav, where is that lulav when I make the bracha? In your hand. In fact, that creates a whole halachic discussion, right? What's the halachic discussion? The discussion is once you pick up the lulav, you don't have to you don't have to shake it. You don't have to shake it. But once you pick it up, you fulfilled your you've discharged your obligation. So. The, we have a whole problem. Well, how, do we, how can we pick it up, the lulav, without discharging obligations so we can make the bracha? Implying you have to make the bracha prior to the action. Right? So we pick up the asterisk upside down so we're not holding it the right way and then we flip it over. When it comes to making brachos on food, what do you have to do immediately? What do you have to have in your hand when you make a bracha on bread? Chala. Why? Because you, we can't have a hefsa. We, we can't have a lag between when you partake from the, the bracha and when you partake from the item. When you make birchas a Torah, what do you do next? We do, but that's not part of the bracha. You don't have to. But you don't have to. According to many Rishonim, you don't have to. According to many Rishonim, you make the bracha's Torah, and then you go make more brachas and you daven. So the Rishonim says so. The Rishonim says you have to shino atak right away. There are many Rishonim who say you don't have to make. You can make the bracha and learn later on in the day. Why? I'll give you another one. This is a famous question: Amid Beis and Brachos. If I were to sit in the sukkah and make a bracha, leishiv sukkah. If I leave the sukkah and come back in to eat again, I make a, another leishiv sukkah. Each time you go in, it's a mitzvah. In fact, I once done one of these WhatsApp videos of some Breslov guy somewhere in the Shomron who built a swing on a sukkah. He swung out, back in. Swung out, back in. Over and over again. Obviously, he's passing the Rambam. You make a bracha every time you go in, not when you eat food. Okay. I don't recommend that for many reasons, including sukkahs are not the strongest structures. All right. 
point is, every time you go in the sukkah, you make a bracha. S- says Tosfos, I don't understand. Says Tosfos. Vim Domer, Maish nomi sukkah shetarach levaracha kol suda v'suda leishiva sukkah. Why is it when it comes to sukkah, every single meal, by the way, again, see, Rambam versus Tosfos, every meal you make a new bracha, whereas Birch Torah, you make a bracha in the morning, and then you go to work, says Tosfos, you go to work, Tosfos is embracing going to work, and then you make a bracha later on, yeah. So this was actually, we had a whole discussion on this earlier this year in Tzmichas Chavar. It depends on what you're doing. If you're sitting in one place, so it's considered all one drinking. But if you were to get up and go home, you make a new bracha there. So that not, I'm, this, is not a, this, this is not a Hilchah Shukah We're not going to get into it. It's not is yeah, That's what we paskin. That's what we're going to leave it at that. Yeah. Correct. So the question is still stands. I, I'm not going to get into sukkah here now. Corn toast was every time you go and eat a meal. So if you eat six meals in one day because you are a teenager, you're making a new six lay shaves. If you learn, if you make, if you make a birchas Torah in the morning, and you learn six times in a day because you have your mishnah yomi here, and you go to work, and then you have a break during work, so you do daf yomi, and you have a break and you do uh, os yomi, whatever it is. You're making, you're making only one bracha in the morning. Says Tosas, why? I don't understand. If it's a birchas and mitzvah slash birchas and nenen, a you should make the bracha right away. B is every time you have a have sick, you have to make a new bracha. So what is going on here? Says says Tosas something awesome. Tosas writes as follows: Yeshlomer, the shani Torah. Torah learning is different than sukkah or lulav, tefillin or any other mitzvah. This is as follows. Talmud Torah is different because there's a constant obligation to be engaged in learning Torah. Okay, great. There's a constant obligation to be involved in learning, but, but, the fact are, you're not necessarily. You know, there's a constant obligation to wear tefillin all day. Again, I'm taking a side in debate here. But if you take your tefillin on and put them off, take them on, put them off, make them make a new brachas. So Torah says, no, no, no. Because you're constantly involved in learning, you're supposed, you're supposed to be learning, you don't forget it. It's still in the back of your mind. I would even add this, I'll go on to say, I'll go so far as to say, all day, if you are following halacha, you're constantly thinking of Torah. You may not think, okay, this is Shulchanar, Shin Chavzayin, Sivbez, but you're constantly engaged in the in, in Talmud Torah to some extent. In fact, Cesar Salavechik, this is exactly what's happening here. And he says as follows. He has a very good analogy. This came from a um, remarks he made in a siyam. There are two kinds of awareness, according to Tosfos. Two kinds of awareness. The first is an acute awareness. Clearly this is lacking when one thinks of other matters. Meaning to say, when you're going to work, you're uh, writing a contract. You don't have acute awareness of, ta- of Torah. You have acute awareness of what's in front of you. However... There's also a latent awareness, and this awareness is still present even though one is engaged in other matters. What's the good analogy, he says? When a mother plays with her child, there's an acute awareness of that child. The child's in front of them, she's thinking of this adorable little kid. But even when the mother works at a job or is distracted by some other activity, it got cut off. She still, what he goes, goes on to say is a mother never forgets about her child. There's a latent awareness always in her mind of my child. Always... And he said the same thing as Talmud Torah. 
Talmud Torah is, Talmud Torah is, maybe you're going to work, you, you don't have the acute awareness, but you have that latent awareness, somewhere in the back of your mind. And he goes, and that, for this reason, we make a siyam to say, Hadrin Allah. Right? Say, what do we say to siyam? I'm going to return to you Torah. Well, what do you mean? You're not going to say return to you. You're, you're going to forget it. He goes, no, 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 no. We'll return to you. As far as acute awareness is concerned, we are through. We are leaving this chapter. But the latent awareness remains, and for that reason, we shall return again to learn. It is just like when a mother leaves her child and says, I'll be back. She does not say merely to encourage the infant. She expresses a basic truth. And that is, she's always going to be thinking of the child. So part two of this is, and we'll go into one second, is Birchus Torah is seemingly a Birchus mitzvah of some sort, but it doesn't have the gen- it doesn't have the general doesn't follow the general rules because the general rules dictate you learn right away. The general rules dictate you make a new brach every time. The answer is yeah. Talmud Torah is different because it's an all-encompassing mitzvah. Throughout the day, we're constantly thinking and engaged in Talmud Torah, even when we're not acutely doing it, we're latently doing it. Wish you a wonderful week.